rise up young man, rise up young lady, you are not alone, no matter what you're going through, it is going to pass, you're gonna come out the other side, keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today, Brandon Okiki. My boy Brandon. <laughs> How are you, bro? I'm doing good, bro. I'm good. It is a pleasure to have you in the podcast. Thank you so much for giving us your time. No problem. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Like, you grew up in Houston, right? Yeah. What was that like? What What kind of atmosphere did you grow up in? Um, I feel like I was very lucky to have mm-hmm. the atmosphere I grew up in just because, um, so specifically in Houston, I'm from Fort Bend County, and that was, in 2015, the second most diverse county in the nation. Oh, wow. So, um, like, growing up, like, in elementary school, like, I was able to see all types of people, meet all types of people, learn about all types of cultures. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was able to have, like, a really good worldview from a yes, very yeah. young age. Also, like, um, being a child of immigrants, that kind of shapes my perspective. Um, so my parents are from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born here, and so I have black skin. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's my Nigerian culture, it's the black culture, and then just the American culture yeah like all mixing in together at once kind of it gets kind of complicated and confusing definitely. growing up definitely talking yeah. about your uh your, your parents coming from nigeria do you remember why they came to the u.s oh yeah um honestly just for opportunity so like uh, i'm Igbo, so um, like a little bit of context like we had a civil war mm-hmm. in our country oh like, for fo- real yeah following um independence from from britain it was civil war okay um and so my people were persecuted so for like they were trying to like separate from the rest of the country, but that didn't happen. Um, so a lot of people didn't necessarily want to stay in the country. And my parents, so that was around the time my mom was born. My dad was about ten or eleven. Okay. Um, so just trying to find better opportunities like outside of Nigeria, trying to do all types of things. So that kind of drove my parents to come to the United States. My dad came first. He got a degree here. Um, he brought my mom over here, and then. My mom came while she was pregnant with my sister. She had uh, my sister's four years older than me. Wow! So um, they came, and then just started. <clears throat> excuse me. Just started from there, just like building a family. Wow! I came from Guinea, but I really didn't. I, I didn't know that. I know there's a lot of civil war in countries, but I didn't know Nigeria had one specific experience like that. So they came to the U.S. and they settled in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Did they tell you? I know you don't know, but did they tell you how hard it was for them to pick it up and just build a life? Oh, yeah, of course. It was very hard. Um, Just because, like, I mean, they already learned and understood English, but, like, you still come with that accent. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times, like, being in spaces, like, I have a lot of white people, Mm -hmm. they'll hear that accent and, you know, that can kind of count against you. Mm -hmm. So it was very difficult, um, especially for my mom. So she went to nursing school, and she was pregnant while she was in nursing school. She graduated with honors. But having to work through that, like, she's still having to work a little bit on the side. My dad having to work three jobs. We really didn't have much um, this is before I was I was very young, so I don't remember this, but this is what my parents told me. But like just bouncing from apartment to apartment, yeah, trying to figure things out, just trying to manage off of what they had, relying on um like my dad, him and a lot of his brothers came over here, so yeah, like, yeah. they were he was in college here, like his brothers were in school too. It was it was like six or seven of them all staying in one apartment together. Okay, like, he was sleeping on pallets, just trying to make ends meet. So wow, tough. wow, that's crazy. So one thing though, I know that. You guys were four boys, right? Your your mm-hmm. mom had four boys. And in a place like America, I know she did. She had to work very hard to keep you guys grounded, disciplined, and everything, mm-hmm. right? So how hard do you, for you, how hard was it for her to manage, like, giving you guys the Nigerian culture discipline versus you guys having to go out there and get the American culture? How hard was it to balance those two cultures? <laughs> um, I feel like when I was younger, it wasn't too difficult at all because... I didn't have anything else other than my, my Nigerian culture, so mm-hmm. that was kind of just built into me. Okay. I mean, but that was kind of also mixed in with a little bit of American culture because my parents are also, they're assimilating, trying to make sure that we have the best chance of being successful in this country in the future. Yes. So they were able to impart a lot of stuff onto us, but not everything. Like, for example, I don't speak Igbo. Mm-hmm. I, don't speak my own, I don't speak my native tongue, and it kind of hurts the fact that I can't speak my native tongue. Mm-hmm. But it was a sacrifice my parents made like not teaching me the language, not having the opportunity to teach me the language, trying to make sure that we have all these other things. So it kind of, it's kind of, uh, uh, it's kind of hurts. It's kind of mm-hmm. sad. 
But I mean, like growing up, growing older, I've seen why they've made the decisions they made, and it makes a lot of sense. And I, I really do thank them for everything they've done. Um, yeah, it's just really complicated. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> so I, I know I met you. I met you uh, very early, freshman on. year. Yeah, yeah, freshman year when you came in here, and uh, seeing you, seeing the confidence that you had, I just put two and two together and knew that you had last in high school right you were <laughs> you, oh. you were that popular guy and all of that in high school uh, uh what was high school like for you okay so high school was very 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 interesting mm. all right so because i went to a very like mixed um elementary school i went to a predominantly white middle school for two years i went to a predominantly black middle school for one year and i went to a, like predominantly black and hispanic high school so um High school, I'll say, yeah, high school was fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I had certain, like, advantages. So, like, I was on the basketball team, so I played basketball mm -hmm. for four years. I was on varsity for two. I sold candy. And I, my brother already went to the school. My brother was one of the most popular people in the school. Everyone mm -hmm. loved him. He was super tall, <laughs> super tall, super handsome guy. So, everyone was always – he was that guy. Yeah. Um, so, my transition wasn't, like, very difficult because I already had, like, things there going for me. Mm -hmm. So, I came into high school, but, like, I was – also considered a nerd because I I placed my value in school very yeah. heavily. Um, a lot of people didn't realize that. Is that from from the parents? Um, yeah, from the parents, but not only from parents, but also just like from my own experience. Mm -hmm. So like just growing up, I really fell in love with school. I really fell in love with learning from a young age. Like I was always trying to figure out why something was the way it was. Always wanted to know details, not just what is seen. Mm -hmm. I'm always the kid asking the most questions, and the teachers getting annoyed with me. That was me. So. Um, I found school also as like a safe place. So I was always chasing school, always chasing knowledge. So mm -hmm. I, like they kind of followed me all the way up until high school. Yeah. Like, and I was still the same way in high school. Um, I was very like, I would say very much so like a very independent person. I just mm -hmm. did my own thing. Definitely. And I, fe I fell in to where I fell in. So I was on all the AP classes. Okay. So I'm with all the smartest people in the school who are doing a lot, like trying to do a lot of big things. And I'm also with athletics. So um, all the people I don't necessarily get to interact with in classrooms, I have mm -hmm. I see them all day, every day. So like being on the basketball team, you get cool with all the football players, the soccer players, the cheerleaders, the dancers. So you I ended up knowing and I sell candy. Yeah. So, and and every, so I have a wide like base network. <laughs> so I kinda knew like everybody in the school, in my year at least, I knew pretty much everybody. Everybody knew who I was. Definitely. I was yeah, I wasn't like a super popular guy, mm -hmm. but I was very well known. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Talking about candy, that's one of, I know every high school <laughs> entrepreneur type of guy did that. I sold candy. Oh, My yeah. friends had businesses, like, people were making 500 a, a week. Oh, easily. I had a friend who was making 500. I'm like, wow, that's entrepreneurship right yeah. there. But going back home, you growing up, was education an expectation for you or a privilege? I mean, your parents coming from Nigeria and assimilating f to the culture, but is it like they give you the leeway for you to go out there and do what you can? Or it's like, no, you better get these grades. Um, a bit of both. So I'll say, like, I'll start with the privilege part mm -hmm. because I know, like, a lot of people who have parents who are immigrants, mm -hmm. that, you know, parents, it's really hard to come over to this country and really make something out of nothing. Definitely. So, like, doing that, you want your, um, your children to co come here and, like, do really big things, pursue, like, high-level degrees. And, like, of course, that's always the goal, but that's not necessarily easy and that's not feasible for everybody. But the fact that I've had the opportunity to do so, my parents have worked very hard to create that privilege for me, for me to be able to come to the, a university like the one that we're at right now, mm -hmm. um, to succeed the way I, I've been doing. Like, I've had to work, like, I have a job. I have two and a half jobs right now. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I have had to work that hard my whole time in college because I don't have to work full time because my parents are able to support me just enough and I have mm -hmm. scholarships on the side, all this stuff. And that's, that's a privilege because I have this opportunity. But a lot of my peers don't have that opportunity. So I've yes, been sir. able to pursue a high-level degree and be able to, like, do everything I need to do on my end because I know people were covering my back on another end. So that's been very much so a privilege. Um, you said privilege and what was the other thing? Uh, expectation. Expectation. All right. So this is where expectation comes <laughs> in. Um, the same thing with having parents who are immigrants. And also just like, even for myself, it's an expectation for me. So my, my mom, my mom was an orphan actually growing up. Um, and she had received a scholarship from the country and they don't give out many of those. So like mm -hmm. my mom is probably the smartest person I know. Like she picks up on things like like that. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, and my dad has um he got an undergraduate degree. My dad got a master's. So from the jump it's like, okay, we did school, we had it hard, but we made it. So we're giving you all this. You're gonna go to school, you're gonna mm -hmm. be successful. If you don't wanna go to school, that's fine. But you're not gonna stay in this house. Mm -hmm. You're gonna go to school and yeah, I want we want you to excel. Um 
Definitely. Yeah, it was just convenient that like I like school, so Mm -hmm. like it didn't feel like a lot of pressure because like if I did bad, I wasn't worried about what they were thinking. It was more so like, man, what am I? I'm not. I'm not doing my best. I need to step it up. Yes. So, I feel like that's something. uh, Initially, having the parents we have, African parents, they kind of give you that push initially, right? But as you grow up, the fact that you have seen their story, you have listened to them. You just want to succeed by yourself. You just have that thing ingrained in you and you don't need their push anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's amazing. So then you came to the University of Texas at Austin. Mm-hmm. Of course, one of the best schools in the nation. What major did you choose? Um, So I came in as biology, but as biology. I switched to biochemistry. Okay, so you came in, you didn't know, did you know exactly what you wanted to do coming out of high school? Um, even before high school, like I knew what I wanted to do when I was young. What um, you wanted to do? I want uh, I wanted to be a physician. I wanted okay. to study medicine. I wanted to practice medicine. Wow. Um, just from a young age. So like my mom is a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she, I had all her books always in the house. She always, you know, she comes back. This is stuff she talks about. So mm-hmm. I'm always listening, hearing my stuff. And, like my mom is someone I look up to because she did a lot of really big things in mm-hmm. her life. So. Like, I love to read. So every chance I would get, I was reading everything in the house. And then, like, so I, I got to the point where I read everything in the house. I started reading her books. Wow. I'm trying to figure stuff out. She was taking exams, like, like upper exams to, like, get through different kind of certifications and stuff. Mm-hmm. She stepped away from the computer. I hopped on the computer. I started answering questions. I answered eight questions. She came in and she saw me. And she's about to yell and, like, beat me because she's like, what are you doing? Come, she come, came and looked. I got seven out of eight correct. And she was like... What the heck? Like, <laughs> and I was just like, how would you like use your reason? I was like, I just use like what made sense to me. Um, so like, I've always been interested. Like I used to have like a little chemistry kit that I made. I'm always trying like experiment. Like I'm in the backyard throwing stuff, trying to figure out why the world is the way it is. Wow. So like, I've just always been drawn to science and learning. And I like to like help people. I like to care for people. I always try to be of service in any way that I can be. Wow. So it just made sense. And I kind of, I, I got to look at, I would do my own like studying and stuff. I got to see things. And I was like, okay, this seems, seems like something that would fit me very well. Wow. Um, so as I progressed, coming out of high school, I was like, yeah, I think this is what I'm going to do. The question was more so, how am I gonna do it? Yeah. I didn't really know what, what that. Of was course, like. yeah. of course, that's amazing, man. That's I, mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's amazing. So we're gonna get, uh, we, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But you coming into UT though, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you being middle school, you went to a majority white school a little bit. Yeah. But coming here and finding you are like five fifty thousand students, man. five person African American. How did you feel that first time? Those first few days. Oh man, like orientation was really the, when it started. I was like, I was really shocked, taking yeah. it back. It was a huge culture shock. Like they'll tell you the stats, you'll see the stats online. You'll mm. be like, okay. But like in my head, I'm like, I didn't really know it was really gonna be like that mm-hmm. until I got here. And I'll never forget where when I was really shook was on. Um, they t- had like a they divide the, everyone up by colleges and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So they brought everyone in the college natural sciences, the college that I'm in, of course, mm-hmm. and they were in the room. It was like 300 of us. I look around the room for black faces. I think I saw about three or four black women and just two other black men. And I mm-hmm. was like, wait, what? Like, that's it? <laughs> and I was like, there's no way. This should be, if I did the math, like 5%. So <laughs> that's not like, equal. should be at least 15 of us here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's not even up to 10. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, this is a reality. We're walking on tours, and I'm the only black person in the group. Yeah. I'm in the hallway of, um, I step in the hallway when we're doing all the orientation stuff with the um, orientation leader, mm-hmm. only black person. Yeah. I come to my chemistry class and this is for like, they I put me in a section that have more like minorities mm-hmm. because they understand, understand, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still mostly not even like all minorities or like not minorities that look like, look like me. So like for the Latinx students, they make up about 18 to 23% of the university. Yeah. Asian students make up about 18 to 20%. So about each about roughly a quarter of the mm-hmm. university. So... It's the class is full of people who look like that and people from those backgrounds. And it's me, one of my closest friends at the university right now, um, one other guy, and some girl, I didn't know her name, and that was it. And I'm just like, this is a class of 200 people. Wow. And it's just, I mean, after a while, I got used to it because I realized that I but, can make. But being the person you are, uh, that confidence from, mm-hmm. from growing up, like you, you never, you were taught to just believe in yourself. You can't oh, yeah. be whoever you want, no matter where you are. But Coming in that atmosphere that was so shocking to you, yeah. like what was that first initial like? Was did you feel intimidated? Oh, the thing is, I never did feel intimidated at all though. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Damn, this is all the people I gotta prove that I'm out, I'm out work. Like, okay. this is all the people I'm, I have to show up." I was like, "Okay, that's that's noted. Mm-hmm. Right, now I gotta go handle business." I was I was shocked at the fact that um it was just like 
I was just a very small number compared to the rest of them. But, mm-hmm. um, in terms of my confidence, it was all the way there. Like I knew for a fact, I was like, these people really don't have anything to do with what I have to do here. Mm-hmm. So whatever they do is not does not concern me. Definitely, what I do concerns me. So I need to come and handle the business that I have to handle. So, you control what you can control. Yeah. You have, yes, to create this, you have to create your own space and thrive in your space. Because if you expect the university to do that for you, especially as a as a black or African student, you're only selling yourself short. That's amazing. That's amazing. But you, you start a class, and uh, in some of your classes, you are the only one. Oh, right? still. Yeah, still, of course. But <laughs> now you don't worry about it. <laughs> but what was, that, what, what was that like? How did you fight those, uh, I'm sure, imposter syndrome? There's a little bit yeah. of that. Um. The fight imposter syndrome. I mm-hmm. just told myself that. I mean, I got in here. I got into UT. Got into UT with a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, got into like uh, the cause of natural sciences. Actually, I got into Cockrell School of Engineering. I applied as an engineering major because I know I was going to go here at first. But I heard that it was really hard to get into UT yeah. engineering. So I was like, if I'm going to apply, I might as well apply in something hard. If I don't yeah. get it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I got into Cockrell School of Engineering as a petroleum engineering major, which is extremely competitive. So, like, from the jump, I Number knew I was, one yeah, in the nation, yeah, man. Yeah, I knew I was capable. I knew yeah. I was capable, but that, that's not what I want to do. So, okay. I, immediately, I changed my major when I got... When I decided I wanted to go to UT. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, this is not going to work. I need to switch. So, I switched majors. Um, But you said... Oh, rephrase the question again for me. The imposter syndrome, like, imposter during syndrome. class. Oh, okay. Um, There were times, like... When you hear people talking about like stuff on the exams yeah. or during the exams, and you don't feel confident. And also, I feel like I wasn't very well prepared for. I'm talking specifically about my my experience in my chemistry class because yeah. that's why I felt it the most. Um, I didn't go to a school that really prepared me well for chemistry. Definitely. And I I knew I didn't, and I was afraid coming in. So I just like the way I got around that was telling myself that like I already know the facts. I know the fact that I'm not as prepared as the other students, but that doesn't mean that I don't belong. Mm-hmm. So every, anytime I wouldn't perform well or I would be feeling down, I'll tell myself just I, just because you come from this background, you need to you need to you need to work harder. Mm-hmm. So it's not you not not work harder because you're less capable, but because you didn't come with all the things that they came in with. So now you got the you have, you have to get over that hump. It just that's part of your story and part of your battle. How are you gonna how are you gonna achieve how are you gonna achieve in this class? How are you gonna do well in this class? So I just told myself that. I know it looks hard and I hear these things and it's it's tough, but I mean, that's just the reality of the world. It's yes, like, sir. I can either face it or run from it. And like running from it, I'm not going to get to where I want to be. So I got to face it. We were never told that. Yeah. <laughs> no. So <laughs> the imposter syndrome didn't really last too long because mm-hmm. I I literally couldn't let it. Like I wouldn't make it through if it did. So Definitely. I had to just tell myself like, no. And I had to be like, that's a very tough mentality to have. And it's not easy, but like I knew what it, I knew what it was going to take. Because those, those exams are tough. Definitely. Um, so I just told myself that I can't worry about that. I need to worry about Definitely. Many people do. come here with the, they have the same experience saying that yeah. the chemistry, the biology are the biggest classes. Not just the fact that they are alone, alone uh, in those classes, but also the fact that they are hard. Yeah. University of Texas is one of the best schools in the nation, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, did you ever, like, had a... Ma- Mentality, like, did you ever had a how to call it a mind check, saying that maybe I cannot do medicine? Have you ever doubt, doubt it, even one time during those hard times? I was okay. So first Talk semester, <laughs> first semester of my sophomore year, um, like it was for a second. I didn't like doubt. That I could, I just, I didn't think I was gonna be able to get through the semester. Honestly, yeah. like it wasn't more so me thinking about I couldn't do medicine, mm-hmm. but I was thinking I can't like this is this is a step in like this path, this like step I have to go through to get to the next step. I might not be able to finish this step, and mm-hmm. like I didn't think about quitting, but I just didn't think I was gonna make it. Yeah. Um. But like there was a lot of things going on in my life at that time, like not only with my grades, but like stuff going like back at home, my family, mm-hmm. um, having issues with my health. So everything was pretty much just going downhill for me at that point in my life, other than my finances. I started really receiving, I, I won two scholarships that semester. So like I had like money wasn't an issue. So like it was nothing I could like fix mm-hmm. tangibly. Like it was just more so like things that were happening and I had to deal with it. And mm-hmm. it was that that's what made it really tough. I couldn't just go out and work harder, make more money and fix an issue. Money wasn't going to solve anything for me in this situation. So like there were times I would wake up in the morning and like I'm a morning person. I wake up every day, six thirty, seven o'clock, I'm up, I'm ready to go. But yes, like sir. I'll wake up, it'll be nine o'clock, I have class at eleven. I'll be laying in my bed wondering like what's the point of getting out of bed? I'm gonna go to class and I'm gonna feel defeated and I'm, I'm gonna get confused. And like I'll be fighting. The only thing that the only reason I was able to get out of bed and push through, 
I would tell myself, you came in with a goal and you're going to quit on the goal. Like, there's the number one reason why I was here in this university is to achieve my goal to get into medical school so I can continue with the next step of what I want to do in my life. Mm -hmm. So I said, if I can't, if I'm going to quit, like, one, okay, one thing I really do believe in life is like the only moment that you lose is when you quit, when you give up. Yes, sir. So I was like, I can't lose. I, I wasn't destined to lose. I have to win. Yes, so that sir. means I can't quit. So I, that, that's what got me out of bed every single day. Yes, sir. And I would just pray about it every day. God really helped me get through this for real because without him, I don't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. It of wouldn't course. Have happened. During those times, yes, many people come across those times and they just get, cannot get out of it. Right, they are stuck in so much big hole they cannot get out of it, right? And I'm sure sometimes it's because of external factors, things that you yeah. cannot control. And many people don't understand when you tell them, "I felt defeated," but they, that's real, right? Mm. There are people like there are times where you feel defeated, and no matter it's not how strong you are, it's just that wheel inside you that you cannot find to get you out of there, right? Mm. But do you, do you feel like that it was kind of mental health or anything like that, mental issues? Oh, it was it was mental and physical health. Yes, sir. It was, it was coming from everywhere. How did you deal with that? Being that in our culture, we don't even talk about that. It was it was tough. Um, I didn't I couldn't talk to my parents about it because I knew they weren't going to understand. Yeah. Especially like given everything they've been through, I know they had their troubles, but of their solution was to just pray and work hard, which will always work, you know. But at the same time, it's like get take care of yourself. And the one thing that I'll say is I have some really good friends, some people who really do care about me, and yes, like, I could just talk to them. I didn't, I wasn't able, ever able to really like tell them in depth how I was feeling, because I also didn't want to put that that weight on their shoulders because mm -hmm. they're going th through their own things, and I understand that. Um, it was just really, it was just really tough. I had to like, like, the thing that helped me also get through is trying to find joy in the things that I didn't realize I always found joy in. Yes, sir. Always having that outlet, right? So like. I'll, cause honestly, like I never got diagnosed for it, so I would never just claim and say, "Oh, I was, I had depression, all this stuff." But like, I never felt like that in my life, and I don't think I'm ever going to feel like that in my life again. And I pray that I never feel like that in my life again. Mm -hmm. But that kind of feeling is is so tough to battle because your mind is fighting you. Yes, sir. And th th that's what controls everything. So like, if you don't have the will to do things, like there's it's just it's dead at that point. Yes, sir. Um, Many people do not get that part. It's like you can't yeah. be hurt physically. You can always come back out of it because yeah. when when you hurt at your leg or your hands, you know that you hurt. You're gonna go to the yeah. hospital, but when it's your mind, it's just it's hard because it control. It's like the motor, right? It yeah. control everything. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. So you you came in. Let's go back to college. You came yeah. in, and I know somebody like you. You always had a community, right? Mm -hmm. In high school, you had community, so you decided to start your community here at UT. Even though many people that uh, had similar things like you are not in your major, right? But you came out of it and went to the black community and started your own yeah. community. How hard was it to start a community of friends um, that you still have today? Honestly, um, I feel like it wasn't too difficult because I I seeked a lot of it, but a lot of it found me. So um, with groups like um, so African American Male Research Initiative which is now called the Human Sweat Center for Black Males. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, like, even you're involved with all of that. Um, yeah. A lot of, I, I was able to meet a lot of other, like, black men um, and a lot of the, the black faculty and staff. And I'll say, like, they really did help me, like, cultivate, like, my own space on this university. Yes, sir. They always thought uh, multiple opportunities for all of us to do a lot of big things, even small things, and it was really helpful. Um, and I will also say, like, the the space where I was working in, I still work there as a tutor right now, and I previously served as an officer in one of the agencies, but um, the Multicultural Engagement Center, mm -hmm. I feel like, above all things in my college experience, that was the, the one thing that really helped me, like, create, like, I was able to really see myself, learn myself, develop into who I am right now, become become the man that I am now. And really be able to create like the circle of friends that I have, and even like outside of that circle of friends, everyone I interact with, the way that I've that I'm seen on campus, like I was able to be me, like I was able to create a space that wasn't there for me. Yes, sir. Um, just able to, so like I I found that space my freshman year. Um, that Malcolm X Lounge was closed, so that's where a lot of black students like to oh, hang yeah. out. Oh yeah, yeah. So people headed over to the MEC, which is the Multicultural Engagement Center, but we'll call it MEC for short. Mm -hmm. um, so the MEC was kind of just that hub temporarily until the X Lounge reopened. Yes, sir. So when that place reopened, I went back to the X Lounge with everybody, and I didn't really, I wasn't feeling it. I said I felt like my spirit was more so in the MEC, so mm -hmm. I went back. 
Um, and it was different because not everyone was there so much, but people started to come more and more. I, I was able to like just find a, a safe place for me to study mm-hmm. so I could rest my head. There's a microwave. So I live far from campus, so I bring food every day. I cook most of my food. Definitely. So I'm able to eat all my, store my food, heat my food, sleep, rest. I have people to go to for advice, adults I can talk to who actually care about me. Wow. People were trying to give me opportunities, and like it just took off from there. Yes, and they trusted me. They put me in a, a space. They gave me a paid position in one of the agencies as a sophomore. Um, and that was able to help me get over a little bit of my financial home. And that really was a blessing. And from there on out, I just put in the work. They gave me the opportunities I put in the work. Yes, sir. And everything just started to fall in line from there. Like People will see the work that I'm doing. And I'll tell people about the work that I'm doing. And I'll tell them there's a lot of good things happening here. I want you to be a part of this. You should come check it out. If it's not for you, that's fine. But just come check it out. Come by this event. Come get some free food. Come meet some people. This guy, like, I know I'm doing medicine. You might be doing RTF or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, this this guy, he knows, like, my advisor, his name is Malik Crowder. Like, he knows a lot of people. And, like, if he doesn't know somebody, he knows somebody that knows somebody that knows, knows somebody. somebody. And yeah. he will connect you. And I've seen him do it for too many people. And people come back and tell me, thank you so much. Like, I'm, Malik is real, yeah. Yeah. Help one of my friends get a, my friend, he didn't have money to pay for his tuition from this current semester. And he was going to be able to, uh, he was going to have to wait until after he was saving money. And he would have to like just pick up classes if he could find classes. I told him to talk to Malik. Talk to Malik. Malik ended up helping him find um, this opportunity with financial aid. And they gave him $3,000 so he could pay his tuition. Wow. Didn't owe school anything. And like it was just crazy to see the impact that like just have being connected and being in the MEC when would it had and now my friend he's currently in one of the agencies the same one I was in doing great things and like I, I already know he's gonna do great things just things that season. people don't talk about yeah that's crazy so from the beginning I saw you and a couple of other young kings right mm-hmm. who you always had that focus in your mind from yeah. I remember when we met from the beginning you always like. You always ask me for advice. You ask people for advice. You are always willing to learn more things, how to get opportunities, right? You respected everybody. I saw that in you, and I really respected that from the beginning. But I always saw you hustling, trying to get new like opportunities. For example, one thing you did was a Teach for America, right? Oh, yeah. What, did you, do that? You, you did that, right? Um, I actually I applied for Teach for America. I got accepted yeah. for, to work there this fall, but... um. I'm not going to work okay. with Teach for America because um I, I got into medical school. So, okay. yeah. But um I think you're referring to... um I remember that one day I, I, we ran at Cursed on campus yeah. and you saw me smiling ear to ear. Yeah, and yeah, you asked yeah. me why. That was um You Teach Natural You Science. Teach, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. thing, You Teach. Um, uh, you, you just... Yeah, when I, I'm like, damn, you, you really <laughs> love teaching students, man. Why did... But that's just as you say the 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 will the, the how to call it, the desire to help people mm-hmm. right that's what you saw there yeah. talk about that experience like oh man okay so like apart from medicine like my other really big passion is education mm-hmm. I actually plan on going back to school I want to get a PhD after I finish with medicine or maybe not even do that but I still want to be a professor or a teacher in some capacity I want to share knowledge mm-hmm. but um I got into you teachers because like I always noticed that like growing up like I said like I really did love learning I loved education. Like I had, a, I had teachers who sparked the fire within me, and I wanted to spark that same fire within other students to see them do a lot of big things. Yes, sir. So um, I came. One of my friends, she had did it, and she said it was a great experience. She said there's opportunities for a bunch of scholarships, and it's just fun. If you like kids, it's a good chance to be with kids, learn about how to like do, use discipline in the classroom, how to effectively communicate messages, and how to break things down to other people. Yes, sir. And I, I'm already like in a lot of my classes I ended up being kind of like the 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 interim TA for a lot of my friends because mm-hmm. they always come to me for questions because I always made sure I knew what I was doing and I'll go the extra mile to make sure I know what I'm doing and help other people know what they're doing. So it kind of just made sense. So I tried it. Um, I got in and I remember my first teach and it felt like I had done it before. Mm-hmm. I, and it felt right. I was just teaching, going, and the kids were very interactive and I felt powerful. I felt like I was making a difference, excuse me, and the change what I was doing. And it was just, it was immense. Like I had one experience so we had a special needs student in um, the class that I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a fourth grade class. Um, this, subject, this semester, I taught geology. I taught biology next semester. Oh, wow. um, There's a special needs student. And, like, he would never pay attention to any time. Like, the teacher, she said when she taught, he would never get involved in anything. He wouldn't care. Um, and my first two teachers, he did not care. I tried, but, um, you know, I got interaction from the other 29 students with nothing from him. Mm-hmm. And I remember the third teach, I said, I need to try something different. So I, I tried to make it a bit more interactive. Yeah. Uh, I Noticing, like, he wasn't, he wasn't like, being as receptive to a lot of the words mm-hmm. and the way I was doing things. So I was like, let me try this, a different type of way to teach this class and see how he reacts to that. 
And I, I'll never forget, he was being so interactive. He was taking charge, taking the lead. I was shocked. The teacher was shocked. At the end, before <laughs> me and my partner left, she stopped us and was like, I have never seen that. Like, I'm, thank you so much. She was like, just giving us so much congratulations and gratitude. And it felt so good because like I could see it with my own eyes. Yeah. The other, the other students noticed it and the teacher noticed it. And I was like, wow, like I can really have this impact just by being me and doing, like just doing what I know feels right and what's going to work. Yes, sir. So it was very powerful. I think that was probably the day you saw me. Yeah. Because it was... But, but I, whenever I see you, you're always smiling. Yeah. Like, that's why it's so surprised me when you talk about having those mental issues because I never seen you not smiling. Yeah. Right? Uh, maybe you're just hiding it. Yeah, me. I try to um, <laughs> keep, uh, stay positive because... Despite every bad thing that goes on in my life, I have to recognize that I've been blessed in so many ways, yeah. ways that I can't even count. Like the fact that I have my health still, like yeah. I breathe very, I breathe, I have, I have great vision. I'm able to, I'm very mobile. I'm able to move. Um, sickness hasn't befallen me or anyone in my family. Like I'm, I'm not even blessed just because for things for myself. I'm blessed for the people who are around me. Yes, like my friends are doing well, my family's doing well. My mom, she works, still working really hard, and her health is deteriorating. But like she's still doing really well with everything, and she's happy. So I'm able to see the things that are happening for her. My siblings, my older brother is doing fantastic. He got hired in Denver. He's working an engineering job, making yes, good sir. money. Wow. And it just is like it brings me joy. And I know that I'm blessed seeing that my mom did all these things. I came to this family, and everyone, all of us are doing really well. And like it didn't have to be this way. It yes, really sir. didn't have to, but it is. Like, I I I don't I don't take any of that for granted. So like. Like anytime things are bad, I remember that everything is good still. Yeah. And like the bad times have to come. I wouldn't be able to appreciate. I'm not able to appreciate all these small things if I didn't have all these other things that happened in my life to make me realize that thing life is good for me yes, right sir. now. And like despite the things, like not everything is going good for me right now. I can be honest with that. I'll be transparent. Like I'm going through my own battles, but overall, like I I see all these good things. I know there's so much more to come. Yes, sir. So, yes, it just, sir. It gets that me believe that's fate, right? That's why I, I hear. My father told me one time that if you had always succeeded, if you always succeed, you will never appreciate your success, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's like if somebody always give you money, right? You never know what it's like to go get your own. Exactly. But when you have to go get your own, it's like you really appreciate that because yeah. you know how hard it was to go get it. That's amazing. So now the biggest thing is, right, you just got accepted into medical yes, school, <laughs> right? Talk, talk about that. Coming, uh, I know, I know you were always expected. You always wanted to be a physician, mm -hmm. but I mean, for, for be, going to medical school, being a physician, is still a dream for people like yeah. us. What did it mean to you when you got that letter? And it's not even at the end. It was like before, right? That first day where people were supposed to answer, you got it, yeah. right? And many other students still haven't got the responses yet. I, I, it was it was honestly like it felt unreal at first. I was like, "There's no way like they want like you know I you believe in yourself that you're gonna do it, yes sir, and you work hard and you always know you you but you're gonna get there. But it's like it's just amazing when you do because you realize like everything that I've done, all the work that I put in, all those nights I didn't sleep, all those times I was starving, all those times I had to sacrifice having fun with my friends, sacrifice going home, sacrifice. All types of like fun things, enjoying my full like college experience to the fullest. I had to make so many sacrifices, and the fact that see that it all pays off in the end. Like I cried. Like the first thing I did when I saw the letter, I started screaming. I just took off running, and I was like, I did it. And then the second, like I had to stop and pray. I started praying, and like I, like mid prayer, I just broke out into tears because he's been too faithful to me, and it's just, it was just crazy. I had yeah. to I call my mom. It was just. And like for her, she was going through. She was going crazy too, cause like she's always believed in me, and she knew that she knew I would do it. And like, it was just great to hear that news like so early on. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I've never like I've <laughs> like the way the energy that was, like, I could feel the electricity in my body. Like it was coursing. Like I I was sweating like profusely, cause Happiness. I just couldn't calm. Yeah, so much happened. I couldn't calm down. Yes, it was like I was gonna pop. Like, I just need to like let it out yes sir. and it was fantastic and the crazy thing is like three weeks later i get a second acceptance from another school like yes, a higher sir. ranked school and i'm just like this is actually happening like wow like this is it like, I can't this is how this is how i know that you worked hard for that and you know so much because when you came into this interview today you're like thanksgiving is in four days right yeah you're like are you going home i'm like no nah, i'm staying here you say, okay, you didn't even, many people would have said, oh, why are you not going home and all of that? But you know yeah. why I'm not going home. You know I'm supposed to stay here and work hard. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. 
What schools are they? Oh, uh, okay. So the first school I got accepted to was um, Texas Tech University okay. uh, in Lubbock, and then um, UTMB, so Univ- University of Texas Medical Branch, and that's located in um, Houston. Galveston. Galveston, yeah, okay. Very close to Houston, so really convenient. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes from my house. So, yes, sir. Uh, very short drive, so that's very nice. Um, they're the first medical school in Texas. Yes, sir. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That's good. Schools, good schools. That's good, bro. That's good. Thank I'm so you. proud of you. Thank you. So do you 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 finish in school in uh, May, right? Yes. Then you start in July. July, yes. Or Ju- I think July or August. Um, it depends on the school. I'm okay. not sure yet, but um, July or August. Yeah. Okay. Are you still waiting on any other schools? Um, I only interviewed at three schools. So okay. the other school I interviewed at was uh, UT Rio Grande Valley. Okay. They only take 50 students a year, so their pre-match is kind of like care, like it's a lot tighter. So I didn't pre-match to them. Okay. So um, I might get in still, like in February, but um, out of the three schools that I just I, that I have named so far, mm-hmm. that was probably the third the third ranked school out of the two out of the three. So okay. I'm not really looking for looking an acceptance. For it. Yeah. It's fine. Someone else want someone else needs it. I'm yes, sir. So. Um, I think right now I'm leaning towards UTMB just okay. because of like a lot of different factors. Like it's clo- uh, much closer to home in comparison to Texas Tech, so that's one hour versus eight. Um, they're the older school; they take more students. They're the bigger school; they have better STEM scores. Definitely. But it's Galveston, um, and Texas Tech has a lot to offer on their own. They're on the come up to be one of the, I think, one of the best schools in the nation because mm-hmm. they're already one of the better schools in Texas. UTMB is right up there though. So yes, sir. But. It comes down to a lot of different factors, so I just I've just been praying about it every day. I'm talking to my family, and I, I'm making a decision pretty soon. I feel yes, like yes, sir. Um, but this is cool, yeah. man. You talking you talking <laughs> like you I want to go to the NBA or something like <laughs> that's what know? it feels like. Though, like draft, <laughs> of course, like, this is how this is what it's supposed to feel like, though. Yeah, like we need to start like putting uh, our young African American king like in this light when they mm-hmm. go to medical school, when they go to law school, because. Many people, you see them on TV, oh, yeah, I'm talking to my family, then choose what NBA team or NFL team. What about yeah. what medical school? Yeah. What law school? What PhD school? That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. And uh, being that you came here after me, like, I always felt like I needed, I'm responsible, like, you young guys, like, mm-hmm. I felt like I had a responsibility to help, right? Because in our culture, that's how it is. Yeah. You bring people, right? But you, you, you look like you already jumped ahead of me, <laughs> right? So... That that's amazing. That's amazing. So, what are some of your life aspirations mm. in the near future? Life aspirations. I know you're gonna be a physician in eight yeah. years. That's like what you're focusing on. But yeah. thinking thinking later. But I one of my biggest things that I really want to do is I really do want to start a family. That's one of my biggest aspirations in life. Yes, sir. I just seen the way like my mom didn't really have anything. My dad didn't have much either, and they came here. They started a family, and their one goal was to provide and make sure that the people who came after them were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I want to do that for other people. I really do, cause like, I've seen the kind of suffering that that they went through. Um, and like, I know this is generation generation. That's how it is. You have to work hard, but I don't want the people who come after me to have to to have to suffer like that. I want them to work hard. You know, I want them to instill those values in them. Yes, but sir. I want them to know that they will never lack. Yes, you know, sir. I want to be able to do that for other people, not just for myself. Because no matter what, if I can live for myself, I was gonna be, I'll be fine regardless. I'm one person. Yes, it's easy to take after one person, but like to take after multiple people, not even just like my family, my immediate family, but like my siblings are gonna have their kids. I want to make sure that if they need something, I can always help out, and nobody who's connected to me will have to suffer in any type of way. That's something I really want to do. Yes, sir. Um, more aspirations. I really, like I said, I really want to get to education. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can have another very large impact. So, like, in medicine, like, that's more so just my passion, right? And I, I can have a very large impact in medicine, do a lot of things, bring a lot of people in behind me. Mm-hmm. With the education, you touch so many, you touch so many souls. Yes, You sir. have a classroom of 30 students, 30, 40 students, right? And they pass on to the next grade, and then you bring in more students. And I, you do that for five years, you've come into contact with so many students. If you're a coach, you come into contact with so many more students. Someone more, like, And you get to really, like, charge people up to want to do big things. Like yes, for sir. me, like it started with me, like I had teachers that really believed in me and they sparked that fire within me. They, they, they saw that I had talent. Like I remember I was in first grade and my the teacher and immediately she told my parents like he doesn't belong in first grade. He needs to go up a grade. Like mm-hmm. his reading level is too high. He answers all the questions too fast. Like we don't need to waste his time. We need to make sure he gets everything in while he's young. Mm-hmm. And so they are like automatically, like she gave me, so my parents want me to like skip a grade because like they want me to make sure I have time to develop. Cause that, I feel like that's very important is yes, time to develop. No matter how smart you are, you need to develop. And like, cause there's things you don't learn in school that you need to take time to learn. Yes, sir. Um, but she saw something in me and like she gave me like a packet of stuff to do. And I still finished that. Like it was like hundreds of pages just to like give me a head. I'm reading all types of books. And 
Like I want, I like just because she sparked that fire in me. I had other teachers spark it within me continuously, make that fire burn brighter and brighter and brighter. Wow. And like I've seen it when I was teaching, the way you, a student lights up in their eyes when they understand. Even now, I'm a tutor right now, and mm-hmm. I see it when like I be tutoring some freshmen in um, general chemistry, and I can see in their eyes they light up when they finally get something and it clicks. And like, wow, mm-hmm. this makes complete sense now. Like that's such a great feeling to to like, the feeling you see you because you see it in them and you feel it in you, and it's just like I would love to continue to do this. So. Um, I'll say my big aspirations, that's another one of my really big aspirations is to continue making change through education. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to look. It could be through college. It could be through, um, Anywhere. through like, <laughs> yeah, high school, middle school, yeah. but it's going to happen and it will happen. Maybe even starting an organization and popping in high schools and middle school oh, yeah. with your fellow doctors and just speak to them for uh, two hours or one hour. That's amazing, bro. So if there is a young king like you right now uh younger than you when you were like 13 14 or even 18 19 who just yeah. starting uh who don't who really want to do what you're doing like be a physician and all of that but do not have the right tools and also do not have the right confidence to do it what advice would you tell them i'll tell them to think about what is i'll tell them think about one thing that you do one thing one thing in your life, what do you? What's one thing you're very confident about? A lot of people they might play a sport and they're really good in a sport. Mm-hmm. They might really be into writing poetry and they they have a lot of passion for. It. So like, what do you like? What are you passionate about? What are you confident about? I'll say now take that and apply that. Like you need to find that same type of like joy in this thing in, in like in medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to like get yourself into different types of opportunities. Like the one thing that'll take you really far is also being able to talk to people. I feel like that's a skill that I excel in. Is mm-hmm. like I'm really good at talking to people and understanding people. I don't know where I learned it. Just, I just picked it up. I like to talk though. So I mean, but telling them is like, see, I'll tell them the first step. You already made the first step. You're talking to me, mm-hmm. someone that you've you've seen is kind of do, doing what you want to do, and you're already reaching out. So that shows that you have that interest. So now yes, that interest, sir. you need to dive further in that interest and see what like apply the passion you have for other things and apply that same passion and. If you really want to do it, like the passion will, will grow and it'll shine and you'll know it's there. So yeah, also the first step is make sure you know what you want to do. So if this That's is what right. you want to do, when you, once you find that passion within it, is keep talking to people. Keep talking to people. Somebody knows somebody. Someone will plug you in. Sure. Can, the, pa- the one thing about passion is that it shines through everything, through the hard work, through through talents, through everything. People can see passion. So as long as you're able to bring that passion out, people will be willing to help you regardless of your situation in life. And even if they don't, you just have to keep working, keep working, keep working. Yeah. Eventually, like, you'll be around enough to where you learn enough of everything to figure things out. Because I didn't know half the stuff I was doing. I started applying for medical school, and I didn't know there were secondary applications. Wow. And I've talked to, like, hundreds of people. I didn't know that. And I was like, wait, because I've heard the word secondary, but I didn't really know what it meant. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? I have to pay more money to do this? So to, to... Write more stuff. Wait, 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 wait. You have to pay more money. (laughs) More money. So I'm just like, wow, it doesn't end. And like, I learned so much in that process alone. Wow. And so that's all I'm saying. It's like, gotta keep talking to people because I'm learning something. Yeah, you like literally, like, you learn so much and it doesn't ever end. So, like, yeah, my big thing is like, so like, I really like to pass on information. So, like, I'm always very willing to share things with people. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'll be hearing people talk. Like, I'll be in, like, either at work or just walking around. I hear people talk about things that concern, like, what I'm doing. And I'll, I'll start talking to them. I'll just hop in a conversation and be like, hey, like, I'm doing this, that, that, that. Like, you know this person. Connect with this person. Oh, I know this one doctor. Um, He might let you shadow. Like, he's pretty open. He's a really cool guy. So, I'll give you his email. I went, I went through my stuff. I'm start digging through my stuff to find his email. Send it to them. Like, hit him up. He might he might say this. He might say no. But either way, now you know. That's something that you might be able to do. Definitely. Yeah, try this program. Try that program. Just plugging people in. And also, even in school. So, like, I save all of my work. So, wow. it's like, it's just a good way to help other people study. It's another yeah. resource. So, it's another resource that people don't have. Like, I didn't have that. And it would have been helpful for me. If I, I would have better grades in school earlier on if I had that. So like definitely bro, one thing I realized is like these fraternities and sororities yeah. have a banks of tests and stuff like that. They come and get A's all the time and yeah. you study your butt off. Like you don't you come and make an eighty and they like they don't even study. Yeah, it's just like freshman year sophomore year, I'm like, what the yeah. heck this guy guy high grade? I help him study. Yeah, but then I figure out the secret. It's like, like wow. Even in that, you can't get discouraged in that though, because like I got this, I saw that happen to me, and I got discouraged for a second. But I was like, the thing is, even if he didn't have that, right? And we, didn't, I know it existed. Like I still got a score I got, right? Yeah. I, but somebody, there's somebody who didn't have that material and still got a higher grade. Yeah. So it's like, what did that person do differently? They worked harder than I did. They worked harder than the other guy did. Definitely. So it's like, what do I have to do? I have to keep working harder. Exactly. But also, that speaks to why it's important to talk to people. 
Yes, like, sir. I have a friend, and so I studied abroad in China, right? Um, and I had a friend. He was in my physics class, and I didn't know until I just seen him in this in the class. And I was like, "Oh, you're in this class?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Do you have you found any like old material yet?" You know, you got to phrase it correctly with yeah. these people who aren't who aren't like us, because you yeah. know we're like like you and I, we're very willing to help each other. Yeah. You ask me like, we're going to make it work, Definitely. but um, that's not always the case outside of like the black and African community. So mm-hmm. you have to be very careful with your word choices. But I asked him about. It. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got you. I'll send you the stuff." Tell me why he sent me exam two, and the exam two he sent me was the exact same exam. It was the exact same exam. Crazy. He got a hundred on that one. I didn't get a hundred because I you know you know I didn't I didn't know it was gonna be the exact same one. Yeah. But I was studying, but I was just studying to do well. But I did well on the exam. I yeah. got an A in that class at the end. Yeah. But um, it was crazy because he sent me the answers. Another friend I went to high school with, and like he's um he's he's from India, mm-hmm. and so like all of them they all stick to each other. They do their own thing. But um, he hit me up because, you know, I played basketball in high school with him a little bit. Yeah. So he's like, hey, like, come play in our tournament just for fun because we know you're good. We want you to play. So I played. And after we found out, we're in the same organic chemistry class. Class wow. of 500 people. He never goes. So I never see him. So I didn't know he was in the class. <laughs> but he has all the old practice stuff. He sent me all of it. Now I sent it to all my friends. And there's a group of us. So this is probably what the, the blackest class I've ever had. It was OCHEM. Yeah. 500 students. There's at least 25 of us in there. We felt powerful. We take up the whole row. <laughs> immediately I go to the chat. And I'm saying, here, guys, I have resources. Boom. Lay it out. We're all eating. We're all doing well. And we all start. Our grades started improving because we have materials to study with. Now we know how we're going to be tested. Of course. So it's just that's like talking to people. So that's first, amazing. Yeah, talking to people, getting them in that first group of all of us. And talking to people outside to bring stuff into our pool, create our pool. Yeah, so. it's like a domino effect. It's like yeah. that first step is always the hardest step to take. Once you start getting out there, you start seeing things like that. when you hit that first domino, every other yeah. domino is big. It's, it's like dum, 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 dum. everything is there. Yeah. So one thing I miss, you say China. Mm-hmm. You study abroad in China. What was that like? Oh, in terms of undergrad, I'll say that was the number one experience thus far. It was mm. crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. With Dr. Moore, right? Yes, with Dr. Moore. Yeah. Um, great man. Honestly, he's really he really looks out for people. And I feel like people don't give him enough credit. I mean, they do. But I feel like people try to talk down on him because he's in a high position. But he can only do so many things. And the thing is, yeah. he, he's pushing every day. And he's still working for us. And I talk to him all the time. And he's doing a lot for us. The funny thing is, people like us met Dr. Mu when he was, before he get there. So yeah. we know what he was. We the one who come to his office and just talk to him for hours yeah. right before he got busy and all of that yeah but dr moore helped me started this oh freshman year when i talked about motivational speaking dr moore say come speak in my class that's gonna get you started that's, that's how yeah. i started like that's a big class to come yeah in front of a 400 people to, i yeah. never spoke in front of anybody before <laughs> like <laughs> i came in i forgot half of my speech but he get me started from that i'm like yeah. n- nothing else can stop me Oh, sorry, China. Oh, yeah, China. Um, So, like, uh, it was just a lot. So, like, I go to a different country. Um, it's not like going to, like, anywhere. Going to China, I'm, I'm like, my skin is black. Yeah. Like, th- a lot. it was just, like, at first you treat like a celebrity because they don't see black people like that. So people were touching you, mm-hmm. trying to touch your hair. People were trying to take photos with you. And it's cool at first because, like, oh, wow, like, I'm that guy. But after <laughs> a while, it was like, okay, excuse me. Um, It's really, it gets kind of annoying. Uh-huh. But, um. I really did like China a lot, almost more than I liked the United States. Um, I felt very free out there, also because I was visiting. I was there for a month, but um, I felt very free. Mm-hmm. All the constraints of the Western world didn't exist out there, so it was just me living my life. I felt very pure. I felt very, like, there was no types of, no nothing restraining me from being me. So I was able to really learn a lot about myself. I didn't go with a lot of, like, close friends either. Mm-hmm. I just want people who I knew, like, people I would see on campus and I will talk to them. I would shake hands, but we never had time to really just sit down. So like I got a chance to get close with a lot of people. In terms of like sightseeing, crazy. The Great Wall of China, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It was just a magical time. Staying overnight in the village. Um, going to the top of the Forbidden City. I'm gonna stop and talk a little bit about that. So um, Forbidden City. Like you get to the top, you can kind of overlook a large portion of Beijing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, like you know, of course, I took the 17 hour flights. Okay, that wasn't enough to make me realize I was there. Yeah, I, I come into the airport and it's just Chinese people everywhere. No, yeah. nobody looks anything like me. That wasn't even the moment it hit me. It was the moment I got to the top of the Forbidden City. I'm overlooking the entire city of Beijing, and I stopped and like suddenly I just felt a chill in my body, and I was like, wow, like I'm really out here, and like that was in that was in uh, May June. At that point in my life, if we were if we rewind eight months before that. Never in my life, never in my life. Dr. Moore is one of the people who pushed me. Malik is one of the people who pushed me. Yeah. Dr. Sutton is one of the people who pushed me. 
But like, I never thought that I would ever do something like this in my life. I never envisioned myself saying, oh yeah, I'm going to study abroad trip. That never crossed my mind. I thought it was something only rich people do. And I didn't know how feasible that it was until I got to UT and I started meeting mm-hmm. all these, um, especially these black men in these higher positions who were trying to help us. And they, they were to help me realize this is something I can do. It was very bold for a step. Um, the the first bold step I made it at UT was studying abroad. Because wow. for me, that was like going from zero to 100. Yes, sir. But I said, I mean, like, if I can do this, I can do anything. And that's when I realized on top of the Forbidden City. I was like, I was like, wow, nothing can stop me. Literally, the only thing that stopped me before was my mind. And like, I said, at this point in my life, I would never get in my way ever again. Wow. And I jumped out of my way and I just took off from there. And I've been doing something every summer. Always wow. getting into some kind of opportunity. China sparked that first, that first push. But honestly, best experience of my life so far. Um, just in every single way possible. Wow. If they double the price it cost me to go, I'll pay it and do it again. For real. Wow. The best person who said this was Chase Moore. He mm. said that <laughs> he said, People, get your visa. <laughs> get your passport, bro. I mean, many people do not realize that because they've been in one place all their life. Yeah. But no matter no matter how many no matter how many sites you have seen seeing a new site is always amazing it's yeah. like you always learn something from it right yeah. i grew up in guinea then i came to the us i felt like i'm very international then i hit europe i'm like damn like this is different <laughs> right this is different that's amazing bro yeah so is there anything else you want to add um, last thing i guess the last thing is I want to say, I just want to like leave a little piece is that a lot of things, everything starts within you. So like you have to believe in yourself. Like no matter, you can't, no matter how tough things are, know that you've been made capable and that there's no challenge in this world that you have not been equipped to handle. Despite everything that's going on, that's your circumstance. And the thing is you need to write your story. And like, like if you're trying to do certain things, like you, you present your story, but in all the struggles that you go through, that's part of your story and who you are. And don't don't get caught up in what other people are doing. Don't get caught up seeing, oh, this person's moving at this speed. I'm not. I feel bad about myself. No, that's not how it works. It's about what you're doing and your story. It, it's good to talk to people and learn about their stories and see how they accomplish similar things that you're trying to do because some things you do need to do. But it's your story. and How you present yourself is going to follow you forever and ever. So you need to just do what you do, write your story, and be confident in yourself. Be disciplined, be balanced, and stay in control. And you will go very far in this life. Definitely. And that's all I have to say. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for giving us your time, bro. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm actually like, I love stuff like this. So like, I'm very glad you chose me to come on today. No, it's a privilege for us to have you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it, people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Mamba Inspire You Are Not Alone podcast. We have another great story next episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. Look up Mamba Inspire.